Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. Today, Jordan Peterson talks about the secret to life and relationships. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself either naive or a particularly optimistic person. I don't think I'm either of those. But this is an actually an idea. This is one of the only ideas that I've ever found that I really believe to be rock solid. I actually think that it's true. And, and it's very optimistic because it says you can use your sense of meaning to calibrate your progress through life. It, but, but there's rules. You have to aim at the highest possible good that you can conceive. Now, and, and that's subject to update, because what the hell do you know? But you know, start by aiming at the star you can see rather than the dimmer one that you can't yet perceive. And then you decide that you're going to do that honestly, right? There's that, that's a big decision. So uh, the first decision, I think, in some sense, is a decision of love. You're going to decide that being is worthwhile and that you're going to work for its betterment. And that's a decision that's based on love. And the second decision is based on truth. Having made that decision, you're going to play a straight game. Having made those two decisions, I think that you can allow your sense of meaning to calibrate your pathway. So I think what Jordan is trying to say, because it sounds a little bit like gobbledygook, but I think what he's trying to say is you aim for honesty in your relationship in the sense that if you say you're monogamous, then you're going to be faithful. That's I think that's what he's implying here. And truth be told, relationships, monogamous relationships, are a compromise. Both men and women compromise in monogamous relationships. So here's the idea. How? For a woman, she compromises because she is not doing her hypergamous thing where she drops you for the next best option, right? And as a man, what you're doing if you agree to be monogamous is you're not be spinning multiple plates. You're not sleeping with multiple girls at the same time, right? You're not being polygamous. But both of you need to agree to the rules. Both of you need to not do it. If she's, uh, you know, pulling the attention of other men while you are agreeing not to be polygamous, then she's being inherently dishonest, right? So if she's like on Instagram, on TikTok, um, you know, has an OnlyFans, uh, you know, she has 50 male friends, she goes on girls' night out, all of that, then she's being dishonest in her role as girlfriend, right? She's not compromising in this so-called monogamous relationship. No, she still has a price tag on her neck, but supposedly she belongs to you. Like, obviously that's wrong, right? Now with the guy, he's not compromising if he's sleeping with girls on the side, right? And then what's so interesting is that you hit a state that's as close to paradisal as you're going to hit right away because being engaged like that, it's better to be engaged in the solution of a complex problem than not to have a problem at all. Right, that's, that actually is true. Um, okay, I'll try to elaborate on this in a second. Let's, let's do the shilling first. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit all for notifications. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian o and Tom M. Uh, buy my books at bit.ly slash Books. And of course, go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash Blog. All right, 
Shilling is on. Let's continue. So what I think Jordan is getting at here is husband and wife working on a complex problem, which is what? Which is having a stable, good household. Them both working together on it is better than not, right? And I'm inclined to agree. When husband and wife are working on the problem together, they're on the same team, right? And they're aiming towards the good. They're trying to do their best to achieve it. Okay, let's, 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 let's see if he elaborates here. And that's, that's no different than saying it's better for there to be being than non-being because being is a problem. And True. so if okay, you sure. want to have no problems, then you have no being. And, and you could say, well, being is so miserable that maybe that's the route we should take. And fair enough. But maybe you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have the damn problem. It can be a problem worth solving. And you can be so engaged in solving the problem that it justifies the fact that the problem exists. And then you get, then you get, to, have, you get to have the problem and the solution at the same time. And maybe that's better than not having the problem at all. And I believe that because one of the things I have seen, and I've seen this so interesting, being so interesting when I've been lecturing to people, especially more recently, and, and this is also manifested on you, my, itself on YouTube, I'm talking to people a lot about responsibility, and it's young men in particular that seem to be responding to that. And I think that's partly because I think that young women, in some sense, have their responsibility map already laid out for them. It's, it's also less voluntary, in some sense, for women, because they have more complicated problems to solve in the first part of their life, right? They, because they have to get the family problem solved. But whatever. I've been talking very, in a very delineated manner about responsibility which is a strange thing to sell to people, but responsibility is what gives your life meaning. So here's the thing. As a guy, as a man, you become strong by shouldering more responsibility. Here's what I mean. And actually, there's a, there's a Hebrew expression that goes, don't wish for a lighter, uh, lighter load, work for broader shoulders. But anyway, here's what I mean. In order to have a nice body, you have to work really hard at it. That is a responsibility. You have to constantly work. That is a responsibility that a person sitting on the couch is not taking. In order to have a good income, you have to have a good job. And that's a responsibility. Just to get the job, you know, you have to work really hard, right? You have to and work hard consistently. But then to keep it, you have to work hard consistently, right? That's another responsibility. To have, you know, a respectful girlfriend requires responsibility on your part as a man because you have to keep, you have to maintain yourself as a, as a competitive, successful man, right? That's another responsibility. Um, to have children that are well-behaved is another responsibility. You have to constantly be on them to have good behavior, right? You can't just let things slide and let them do just whatever they want. Because then they develop like weeds and then, well, it hurts them in the long term, right? All these things, the more responsibilities you stack on yourself, the, the more competitive you become. In shouldering those responsibilities, you become a strong man. Strong men are valued by everybody, right? And there's even a triple benefit, which is that you provide for society and in turn provide for your family as well. Uh, actually, backwards. You provide for your family, and in turn, you provide for society. They're they're kind of they're interconnected, of course. All right, let's continue. And so then you might say, well, then take on ultimate responsibility. 
And what happens? You have an ultimately meaningful life. And then you might say, well, if your life is ultimately meaningful, it doesn't matter if it's punctuated by tragedy or even predicated on tragedy. It's worth it. And I think that's true. And everything I've seen indicates to me that's true. Every time I get my clients to take on more responsibility, you know, it, and it isn't an injunction. You're a bad person. You should take on responsibility. It has nothing to do with that. You can define the damn responsibility. It isn't something that, that someone else should impose on you. It's not a matter of doing what you should do in some abstract manner. It's, it's not that. It's the choice of what game you're going to play. Yeah, literally. It's, I am going to do what most men don't do. Because I want to be a competitive, strong, successful man. But, but what is implied in there? What is implied in there is you take more responsibility. Let's say you as a man, you decide from now on, I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. And on my off days, I'm going to do 100 push-ups. That's way more than most men ever do. That's much more responsibility in the physical sphere than most men ever have. And that's just one sphere. Now... I'm going to get a nine to five job in one of the solid fields, right? And I'm going to work it for however long. Uh, that's another responsibility, right? And, you know, when I say the solid fields, I mean, you know, like, there's so many, right? Doctor, lawyer, engineer, um, programmer, you name it, pharmacist, accountant, uh, you name it. And, you know, there's there's the labor jobs, which in the West, now they're going down uh, in terms of people not doing them and because they're going down in terms of people not doing them. Um, demand increases the amount you get paid for them. So, you know, electrician, plumber, etc. These kind of jobs are also good paying. So I'm going to work one of those, nine to five. Then I'm going to have a side business and I'm going to work on that, you know, however many hours a week. And you see what I'm saying? Already, think about all these responsibilities stacking on top of each other. I'm going to work out regularly. I'm going to do my job regularly. I'm going to do my side business regularly. And then maybe what? Maybe two more things. I'm going to have, um, you know, uh, I'm going to have three friends with benefits. And then so you spend, again, two hours, let's say, with each of them every week. And then, so that's and more responsibilities, right? And then on top of that, then there's even one more uh, thing I'm going to do some hobby regularly. I'm going to I'm going to play my saxophone regularly, you know, or whatever, right? And now just think about a person with a schedule like this. What their life would look like compared to the average person. Think about how much responsibility they have. They have to practice their saxophone, they have to go to the, you know, go to the gym, they have to, you know, they have to maintain the relationships with those people that oh and also of course, they also have to maintain the relationship with their family and their friends at some point in this hectic schedule. They have to do the side business, they have to work on their main job and so on. Think about that person's life and how meaningful that is compared to a person that, you know, they work at McDonald's and then they go and lay on the couch and watch TV. And that's all they do. There you go. And, you know, you can play the game of the seeker, I would say. And if you play that game, then everyone wins. And it's the best game you can play. And so the, the, the answer, in some sense, to the tragedy of life, to the catastrophe of life, to the fall, is to adopt the responsibility of mortality that goes along with that, and to play that game maximally.
Right. I agree entirely. So the idea is this. You're going to die at some undetermined point in the future, right? But certainly your death is inevitable. So every single day, you're going to spend that day properly. You're going to put in the effort and you're going to put in the effort day in, day out. You will not waste the beautiful opportunity you've been given to be alive every day. So if you die tomorrow, you can be happy knowing that every single day you tried, you struggled, you fought to be a superior man, a competitive, successful, strong man. Every day you put in the effort. You can die tomorrow knowing. Yes, that car's going to hit me. It's inevitable. That truck is coming. There's nothing I can do to avoid it. But damn it if I didn't try to live every moment that I was given to the fullest. Damn it if I didn't try. And when that, when that truck hits you, you'll be happy. That's the secret, ultimately. I think Jordan's right about this. And paradoxically, it's in the willingness to do that that the solution emerges. And I don't, you know, I have done my best with every single thing I've talked to you guys about. I have done my best to do what Dostoevsky does in his novels, which is I make a proposition and then I spend months or years trying to figure out if I can take the bloody thing apart, if there's something wrong with it, because I want to find out. I want to hit it with a hammer and see if it breaks. And what I've been trying to do is to tell you all the things that I've gathered, let's say, or, or laid out or articulated or discovered over the last 30 years that I have not been able to break with the biggest hammer that I could take to them. And I guess that's the fundamental one, is that I, I believe that the, the, um, the idea that lurks in these images, derived from very different cultures, it's the same idea. Life is suffering. Indeed, that is, uh, that is Buddhism, right? That's what they say. And um, li- life is suffering, right? Life is difficult. And nothing you can do avoids the suffering. But don't wish for a lighter load. Work for broader shoulders. It's a, it's a, it's a very wise statement, if you ask me. Because damn it, if you die tomorrow, think about it. Did you use the time you were given properly? Or did you throw it away on video games every day? Right. Indisputable. What do you do about that? You, you voluntarily accept it and then strive to overcome the suffering that's a consequence of that. And Indeed. you do that for you and you do that in a way that makes it better for other people. And then that works. And one question might be, well, how well does it work? And the answer is, you'll, the only way that you can find out is by trying it. That's it. That's the existential element of it. The proof is to be derived by the incarnation of the attitude in your own life. No one can tell you how it will work for you. It's the thing that your destiny is to discover that. And you have to make... You have to make the decisions to begin with. It's like, because you can't do this without commitment. You have to commit to it first. That's the act of faith that, that Kierkegaard was so insistent upon. 
You have to say, I'm going to act as if being is good. I'm going to act as if truth is the pathway to enlightenment. I'm going to act as if I should pursue the deepest meaning possible in my life. And there's, there's reasons to do none of those. They're real reasons. Yeah, which is that life is hard and avoidance of the deepest things might make it a bit easier, right? But ultimately, truth is most beautiful undraped. Schopenhauer just puts it beautifully, right? So it's really a decision. But you, you can't find out what the consequence of the decision is unless you make the decision. I think the same thing happens when you get married, by the way. So if you think you might leave, you're not married. And then you think, well, the marriage didn't succeed. It's like, well, maybe you were never married. Because the rule is, you don't get to leave. And there's a reason for that rule. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't situations where there should be exceptions made for that. That's not the point. The point is that there's some games you don't get to play unless you're all in. And the other thing that's so interesting about being alive is that you're all in. Indeed. No matter what you do, you're all in. This is going to kill you. Indeed. So I think you might as well play the most magnificent game you can while you're waiting. I agree entirely. Do you have anything better to do? Really? I agree entirely. Play the most beautiful game you can while you're waiting. That, that, sums, up, that sums up life so beautifully. I, I, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Play the most beautiful game you can while you're waiting. Wow. That's, that's actually incredible. Okay. Sorry, guys. Let, let's, let's continue. Why not pick the best thing possible that you could do? Why not do that? Maybe you could justify your wretched existence to yourself that way. Indeed. I think you could. That's what it looks like. You know, people find such meaning in the responsibilities they adopt. It stops making them ask questions about what life is for. If you have a newborn child, for example. Yes. Like, unless you're really in a bad way, psychotically depressed, or, or maybe your personality really needs some retooling, you stop thinking about anything but ensuring that that baby is doing well. And if someone comes along and asks you an existential question about your commitment to that, the right response is, why are you asking me such stupid questions? When I don't have time for this. <laughs> That's right. When, the, when this, this is manifesting itself right in front of your eyes, like how blind can you be? That isn't a time for, for questions about the meaning of life. The answer is right in front of you. And if you can't see it, it's not because life has no meaning. It's because you're blind. I mean, that's what the image of, of, of the virgin mother and the child is all about. It's like, what's the answer to the meaning of life? Here's an answer. It's like, well, I'm going to criticize that. Well, go right ahead. You know, it's like, it's like what, what, you're, you're like a, you're like a, what do you call that? A termite gnawing on a temple. There's no, there's no utility in that sort of criticism. You're, it's blindness. And it's the same thing with regards to the path of the hero. It's like it glistens in front of you and you can criticize it. It's like... Indeed. And men that are listening. Here is the hero's journey summed up the best possible way. There and back again. A Hobbit's Tale by Bilbo Baggins. It's just perfect. The way that the Hobbit is structured is exactly the hero's journey. You start off as some little nobody. 
you go off and Bilbo doesn't even slay the dragon. You go off and you face the dragon. You see it with your own eyes. You face it. You're there. You And you survive. And you return home. And you're not the same person you were. And along the way you gain something. Power. And of course, it is inherently destructive. But it also gives you immortality. Do you guys not understand? Like... It is a very powerful analogy. But that is exactly the hero's journey. And we men, we need to live it. The hero's journey. And you live it by shouldering responsibility. By doing what most men will not. Men, we're in the hard times now. This is the time to make yourself a strong man. Believe me. Because the years we're in for, the future we're in for, it is not going to be an easy one and it will require strong men like us to fix it. So be the strong man before the tsunami hits. So you can be the one to pick up the pieces. You can be the one to help when it's needed. And it will be needed. Fine. Put the cart before the horse and and see how far you get. So I thought, to bring full closure to the class, I was trying to solve this terrible puzzle that confronted me for and many other people about how it was that human beings got themselves in such a tangle about what they believed. Such a tangle that we were pointing the ultimate weapons of destruction at one another, which, by the way, we are still doing. Yep. And I thought, okay, well, I understand that. We need our belief systems. They orient us. And that means there will be conflict between belief systems, and that can be a catastrophe. And that's being played out everywhere again in very many ways. What's the solution to that? Well, one possibility is there's no solution. It's just mayhem all the way around. Indeed. Could be the case. That. But it seemed to me, as I did, I believe that as well. Delved into it that the proper solution to that was to live properly as an individual. Yeah, you, you live properly despite. The fact that it's chaos all around. The world swirls with chaos and darkness and evil. And you as a strong man, you stand strong against the tide. Despite it, understanding it, knowing that it's the case. You are the one. You are the knight. St. George, as it were, right? The, the knight holding the lance. Stabbing that dragon. That's the point. Only the man that's able to wield that lance can can rightfully call himself a man. Because you're more powerful than you think. Way more powerful than you think. I mean, God only knows what you are in the final analysis. Also, it was, uh, I believe it was Plato. Plato or Socrates, I don't, I don't remember. One of these Greek philosophers said, It is a terrible tragedy for a man to get to old age and not learn what his body is capable of. Men, the, the best time to start was 10 years ago. The second best time is now. If you are not working on your body, train yourself, men, because you truly don't understand what you're capable of. Learn it. Because your body is what you use to interact with the world. 
It should be a strong body, a beautiful body, a competitive body. You're blind to your own weaknesses, but you're also blind to your own strengths. And so then I think, well, if you got your act together, it'd be better for you. And instantly it would be better for your family, assuming they want to get your act together. And not everyone does, but, and then it would be better for the community. It's like, how far could you take that? If you stopped wasting time and if you stopped lying and if you oriented yourself to, to the highest possible good that you could conceive of and you committed to that, how much good could you do? Well, I would say, why don't you find out? Yeah, more than you think, certainly. So that's what I think you should do. You should find out. You don't have anything better to do. And there's nothing in it, as far as I've been able to tell, there's nothing in it but good. So maybe you could sort yourself out so that you wanted nothing but the good. And, and then maybe you could help make that manifest in the world. And Now I understand. Yeah, it's actually what Jordan's talking about is much deeper than faith. Uh, with your with your partner, it's creating the best possible environment that you could create. That's a, that's a very interesting concept. Maybe we wouldn't have all these terrible problems then. At least we'd have fewer of them, and that would be a start. So indeed, I believe that it was people with ideas like this in their head that created the first civilization, right? That were you know. The dark was literally all around, and it's like, no, we are going to build things that are like a daydream, right? Stone buildings, walls. We're going to build strong men with spears, and we will be safe, and we will work together and build a bright future. I believe it was like that. Powerful stuff. All right. Let's end it here. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit all the notifications. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian and Tom M. Just click more in the video description. Buy my books at bit.ly slash Books. And of course, go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the blog. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you listen to the end. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, guys. And I'll see you next time.